All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 167 of The Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. This episode is presented by Bet Online. It's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines, with everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade. Bet Online is your number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join to get into all the action. Bet online. The game starts here. So what's going on, my man? How was uh, the weekend games? You catch some of the uh, all-star festivities as well? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a good weekend. Was, uh, you know, up at Cushing on Friday night for a little game there, which was good. And and Brian had a nice long weekend. So the family's all, all home and we're going to catch the bean pot on Monday night. So the opening round, which will be exciting. And couple other games with the boys. Actually, Colin got a bit of the the flu bug that's been going around, so he missed his game. Uh, clearly, no Iron Man streak runs in in this family, but uh, <laughs> he uh, yeah he was he was pretty sick and under the weather. So the uh, the the nurse, the school nurse, the 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 wife he has, she shut things down. So, but uh, you know, it's that point in the year where you don't want to get everybody else on the team sick, and it's really not worth it. And he was pretty beat up, so. Missed the game Saturday, but they had a tie against BC High, so it was uh, it was busy and you know back and forth. I think I hit you know Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, and that's about it. How about you? You missed an opportunity for a flu game, though. I know, I know. Well, it was it's one of those things too, right? It's you have the conversation with the wife who always knows best, and I'm like, you know, part of growing up is you got to play a little bit injured, you got to play a little bit sick, and it's like. Yeah, not when you have the flu and and, <laughs> and you're in the eighth grade. It's really not worth it. And he's really weak and sick and got 103 temperature. It's yeah, it's it's not working out. So it was trust me, it was uh, uh, it wasn't an easy conversation to to have. And he wanted to play and, you know, having the oldest home. He's like, ma, he's got to play. He's got to suck it up. And he just he's like, listen, she, uh, I'm sorry. She's like, no. He's not he's not playing in the game. So Mama knows best, right? Mama Bear coming through <laughs> in the clutch, you know? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So uh yeah, Rye had um you know a game against Governor Dummer or actually governors. You know, yeah, the, used the guy, to be the guy that, they they removed the Dummer. Yeah, the guy that founded the school. Um no longer <laughs> exists, I guess. But um <laughs> yeah, they play they went down two nothing early and and they were carrying the play, just a couple of bad bounces, but it was really good to see them stay with it. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, they ended up winning seven to two. So it was it was a good effort for for the boys to stay uh, stay the course because they were playing well. They just you know c- couldn't uh, finish early, and um, they they got some bounces and found the back of the net. But yeah, that was just a, a one and done. And then um, you know, our guy had a little you know jam jam of the wrist. So hopefully he recovers you know quickly for the game. Uh, on Wednesday, um, Brooke had a game on Sunday. Uh, forward D, you know, again, like uh, I know nice. we have some mailbag questions coming up regarding some stuff, but uh, yeah, so it's I think it's so important, you know, like there's a lot of D and sometimes there's uneven number of forwards, so like they, they throw someone up there to mm-hmm. um, kind of fill that 
you know, to make the, the lines even. And I just think it's so valuable to see it from both sides. And then when you're on, you're playing the back end, you, you don't like certain things when D, you know, shoveling the, the puck up the wall or putting you in a tough, tough spot. So as a D, if you can avoid doing that, you know, it, it's only going to make you better. So she's, uh, she's able to do that with her group. And, um, you know, I, I like the, I like her, uh, her game right now. You know, she's pretty uh, cerebral. Thinks nice. the game, good, good angles, good sticks. Um, so, yeah, she they, they didn't uh, they came up on the losing end, but it was uh, it was one of those games that she played pretty well and you know uh, kind of hot on herself a little bit too. You know, just has uh, you know I didn't play that great or whatever. So she's uh, she's definitely uh, a self evaluator. Yeah, sometimes yeah. Uh, you know t- too hot on herself, but th- that's what we're here for. She just wants to hear some positive reinforcement from yeah. Dad. So like, she's fishing no, for no, it. Yeah, yeah. She's, no, she's, no, you played good, honey. Yeah, you were great out there. No, no you were you were you're awesome. You know when you got toe dragged <laughs> looking at the puck. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's funny you say that too. Playing dis- different positions, we had a game on Saturday. We, had, we my 2011s. We ended up having two games just because with the Quebec tournament coming up, and we were able to you know it was whatever it was a little bit of a one sided game. So we had some kids play some different positions, and it was like you know scrambled eggs play. You know, if you're typically a wing, play center, play left wing, play your offside. And it, it's like really good for those guys. And then they're fighting over who can go back and play defense a little bit. So it's it really is. It's a good thing to, you know, experience and get the kids playing a little bit out of their comfort zone. But still keep in mind the responsibilities of playing all the different positions on the ice, which is cool. I thought about uh you know, what do you think? I, I'm a big like comma guy. So I was like, oh, maybe we should throw a forward that really likes to play net, like the guy that plays net in, in pond hockey or in street, street hockey, hockey and put him in the net. But we didn't end up doing it, but I, I, I did think about it. Yeah. I mean, that, that kind of is a bad look. If, uh, yeah. That's, if that's, that's, case, you know? that's, that's more or less what I thought. Yeah, it's kind of like calling a timeout when you're up by three or four on a five on three. <laughs> Pulling the goalie work. when you're up yeah, by exactly. ten. Yeah, to work on six on five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you, you made the right decision. Not to. all right. Good. Good. Yeah. Glad. I probably shouldn't even have brought that up. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, sometimes the kids asked, and it, it, it and it's you know sometimes it is about like letting kids play in different positions and having some fun, and we didn't do it. So that at the end of the day we made the right call. Um, but yeah, we're gearing up here a, a couple days. We're recording this on Sunday night and by Wednesday morning, we'll be heading up to uh, Quebec, which we're looking forward to. So I'll be sure to check in and we'll do a couple recaps. Like we talked about uh, on last week episode to let people know kind of how everything's going up there. We're really looking forward to it. The team's playing some really good hockey. We, um, you know, we played on, Sunday uh, on you know this afternoon and had a tough game versus uh, Top Gun team, which was a nice little tune-up and exciting times for uh, the 2011 Terriers. We got the third jerseys. I'm sure you saw them online, and the kids are looking fresh. And it's uh, it really is. It's a you know the 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 families. Everybody's really pumped up. It'll it'll be a a, a great time. Yeah, I'm excited for the I'm excited for the snow park. That's my Big. like I'm yeah. excited nice for the cultures. games, but. Oh yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, Ryan saw the third jerseys and was impressed. It's like they nice, yeah. So that, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, we definitely need some updates um, as you go, and we'll be uh, you know 
sending them out on the uh, the socials and you know it would just be good to get up there and get settled and get uh get get the excitement kind of going you got a, a practice before first your first game right so uh, yeah, we we didn't end up being able to get ice on the Wednesday night when we got oh, no? there. So, no, it just didn't work out. And you know, some kids are kind of doing half days at school, so kids are all yeah. going to be getting up there at different times. So it it, it was kind of a pipe dream to try to do it, but we'll we'll maybe do a little dynamic warm warm up or something at the hotel, get the legs moving, and and get the kids together, and yeah. it'll be all right. We'll be all okay. right. We'll That's be good. Okay. We'll Did be you okay. catch any of the All Star uh, festivities over the weekend? Yeah, I caught a lot of the highlights and different, you know, the NHL network did um like I missed the entire game, but I was able to watch all the recaps and it was it was pretty cool. How about Justin Bieber's outfit? Like I didn't know a mushroom coat was in, but I guess, you know, I'm not too well versed in the style points, but it was it, it looked really cool. Obviously, I thought the skills competition had pretty good buzz to it. Obviously, being in Toronto, I think it, you know, adds a little bit of like cool vibes to it and obviously had the different celebrities that were there and that were involved so it was uh it was it was really cool i talked to wit a little bit and a lot of the chicklets guys my brother was there they had a live show and they uh you know it seemed like there was really good buzz around the city and and the skills competition i thought was really good it seemed like it it uh you know kind of recovered from last year's uneventfulness and being there but on tv it seemed really good this year and then the uh the game seemed obviously really exciting and competitive and coach Montgomery Montgomery getting the, the, the W I saw him on the bench with his son Colin and, uh, and Biba fever, which has got to be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I like the, uh, the skills competition because it was a more like, you know, game skills or, you know, just skills instead mm-hmm. of the, you know, flip it up Michigan or, you know, whatever it, it does showcase uh, a little bit more tangible skills that could apply to the game. And, you know, you could see. Uh, actually, it was kind of interesting seeing Kucherov, uh, his his give his, or whatever. His give a meter. <laughs> I was yeah. just gonna say the same thing. So yeah, but you know, it, it was the difference. Though you know, I was I was watching. I was like, you could just see the internal drive by McDavid and some of the other guys really competing to, you know, be the best. Even in you know, like a skills competition, which you know was. It really highlighted how, you know, head and shoulders above, you know, these are elite players and right. how how good uh, Connor McDavid is in certain areas of the game and, you know, his overall skill. So it was really cool to see. I like the passing stuff. Um, the passing stuff was cool. You know what I found interesting, too, just them having to hit a stationary target. And I was watching an interview with uh, Matthew Bozell talking about it, where they're used to playing at such a speed and then they really have to slow down and hit something that's not moving. Like they were struggling with some of those things. And then even the, the, the one event where they were saucer passing it over the, you know, a barrier and into the small, like little nets there and missing it. And some of them shanking it. And even like Pashtanak doing the, he like missed the net and the complete open (laughs) net, but it just goes to show it's like, you know, everybody thinks it looks so easy. And then you add that element of, you know, pressure situation. You're the only one going on the ice at once, right? It's a legitimate individual skills event and just how difficult things can be. So it's, uh, it, it was, it was really interesting to see. I thought it was, it was, it, it was good. Yeah. And even like the accuracy shooting, you know, dry subtle can put the puck where he oh. wants from, from a bad angle and, you know, he couldn't hit the targets, but, um, yeah, it was good. I thought it was it was well done, and 
um, you know, I, I don't know if McDavid needs the million bucks, but uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I read that he, you know, he's going to look to give some to charity and maybe disperse some amongst his teammates. So nice. he has, he has some options, you know, so yeah. that's a, that's pretty cool to see, but yeah, I thought it was overall in the, in the game itself, like the three on three makes it exciting. And um, it you know, it, it makes it a little bit more, um, you know, again, skill based and it's, it would be so obvious if you saw guys going like half speed at five on five. Yeah. So at, at least there's some open ice. You have to skate, you have to kind of be in position enough, you know, and the scores weren't too outrageous and, you know, the goalies stood on the head, you know, here and there. So it was, uh, it was, I thought it was very well done and uh good job by the NHL, of put, you know, kind of recovering, like you said, from last year's kind of just mediocre uh kind of setup with the, with the skills and, you know, just showing the, you know, level of skill that it takes to do simple drills that kids can look at and be like, Hey, all right, these guys are having a tough time with certain things and, you know, right. and still work, work towards, you know, kind of mastering those basic skills, which is great. Absolutely. Um, did they announce where it's going to be next year? Um, I'm not too sure where that is. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they, I don't know if they said it. They usually do say it right around this time, but I didn't see anything, but it was good. Obviously I'm sure Toronto was, was, was really buzzing. Oh, buzzing was good yeah. And good on uh, Team Matthews to, to to pull out the victory. I love Pasta's quote with, uh, you know, hey, they needed a couple, you know, a couple W's. <laughs> like just the friendly chirps and guys showing their personality. That is one of the cool things that way you can see guys kind of let that hair down a little bit. That's right. Yeah, you know, and you get a chance to meet some guys. And, you know, when they did the breakaway stuff, you know, guys were going out to eat together the night before. And we like, yeah, you know, we were out to dinner. Let's go, you know, one-on-one yeah, yeah. on one with the right. choosing the goalies. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, well done. And, you know, going back to, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, when I was a kid and watching Mario Lemieux do the breakaway contest and then trying to emulate him on some, you know, street hockey move or whatever, and then translating it to the ice, it just kind yeah. of, the creativity trying to score goals on these goalies, you know, that they, they were standing on the heads, a lot of shots, but then mm-hmm. you look at Kale McCarr as a D man. I loved him, you know, vying for the title because he is similar, you know, like they talk about him being like the, the McDavid on the back end and it really showed and it highlighted his skill set. So it was, it was right. great to see. Yeah, no, it really was. Uh, how about Todd McClellan kind of, you know, the LA Kings have been, uh, a little bit, you know, they had high expect ex, high expectations. Easy for me to say, and uh, you know, he ended up getting fired, which you know, kind of at the All Star break, that's a tough look. I was a little bit surprised by that, but they named Jim Hiller as their uh, interim head coach. So interesting, uh, you know, timing of that. But I guess L.A. has been on a, a steady decline, so it is what it is, right? The coach, you can't fire the players. Yeah, and it, it definitely shows that it is a business. And, you know, what was working against them probably too was, you know, the success that Edmonton has been having lately and with the, with their, you know, coaching um, change. Co- yeah. Coaching change. And so it is a copycat league, you know, and even coaches uh, getting fired might be part of that. So unfortunate for, for him. Everyone that uh, has played for him has really enjoyed his approach and him as a person, as, you know, as, as a coach as well. But, um, you know, he'll land on his feet and hopefully, uh, it's a wake up call to the guys in the room and, uh, in LA there and they can turn something around here for, cause they do have a good club and they're oh, top of the time. What, yeah. Pacific there for a long time. And, um, 
So yeah, new voice, a uh, little shake up. We'll see where it, where it uh, ends up here coming out of the break. Hopefully some of the boys wake up. Absolutely. Um, some great news over the weekend. Two NHL players will now be allowed to play in the Olympics in 2026 and 2030. So I think, uh, you know, it, it was cool to see some of the quotes, some of the different guys. I think, uh, forget who I was watching an interview with, but just, you know, having, you, you see these younger guys that are kind of in the league now and they grew up watching the TJ Oshio Olympics and the shootout and things. And now some of these younger guys are going to be able to, to take part in it, which I think is, uh, is fantastic. And anytime you can get the, the, you know, represent your country, I think it's really cool. So that's a, a big announcement for the, um, you know, for the NHL and players in the hockey world to be able to get those guys for, you know, in 2026 and 2030 to play in the Olympic games. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. That's, getting the best talent for each country and, you know, having the the stage of the Olympics to showcase the quality of play that, you know, we've been accustomed to when the NHL players were playing. So yeah. And when I saw that, I, I was pumped as well, you know, because you got national, you know, pride and also that quality of play. So it's, it's, it makes for a great, you know, couple of weeks of hockey and, you know, just mm-hmm. the uh, Olympics itself are just an amazing, you know, thing to just take in and, you know, represent your country. Uh, you know, I was able to do world juniors and world championships, n- never Olympics, but just mm-hmm. to pull that USA sweater on was, was quite a thrill. And those guys representing at the highest level in the Olympics is, is, uh, pretty cool. And, you know, as fans, we luck out when we, when, when they're, playing in the Olympics. So I'm glad that they came to an agreement and uh, good for the players, good for the, the league and uh, good for hockey fans. 100%. Uh, NHL has received expansion interest from Atlanta, Houston, Cincinnati, Kansas city, Omaha and Quebec city. Any thoughts on that? Obviously we, you know, heard last week or two weeks ago about the, um, Salt the Utah. Lake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Salt Lake. So any thoughts on those cities? I know you played obviously in Cincinnati and, uh, you know, some of those cities were, were obviously have some USHL teams. Obviously, Quebec City was in the league a long time ago before they left and went to Colorado. And Atlanta's had two runs at it. When I was down in Atlanta, they, uh, you know, lived there. For, when I lived there for a few years, they, um, you know, obviously had the Atlanta Thrashers and who ended up going up to uh, Winnipeg. So it'll be interesting if any of these teams do get, uh, I should say cities do get a team. What do you think the next spot is? And how was like, what was Cincinnati like? Did they have a good fan base and everything? You know, they had two rinks there. Uh, The one that was an East coast league team and there was the Cincy gardens was, which was a replica of Maple Leaf gardens. I don't believe that's still in operation. There's one downtown that was a little bit, had bigger uh, seating capacity right down by the river. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, good fans. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to think of, you know, out of these options, you know, Atlanta has has had two teams, you know, the uh, the yeah, Flames and the Flames, the, the Thrashers. Um, it's just interesting. I, I mean, Houston has had an I team and an A team. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, they're all pretty viable options. Um, I've never been to Kansas City played in Omaha against them. Um, I'm just thinking like as far as support, you know, the Omaha, team, did you play pro there? Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. That was what? Calgary's farm team. Oh, they had a team there. Okay. Yeah. yeah now I think so, about it, I think the only time Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska, was that a college team? Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. I played them. Oh, I guess I did go there. Huh. There you go. Yeah. And then Quebec city is, you know, you'll be up there and you'll see. I can, I can give a recap of that. Yeah. So yeah. I go up there. We, we played there in the A and you know, they, it's, it's a hockey, you know, hotbed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think, you know, the economics of it didn't work. That's why they had to move. But if they get their ducks in a row, so there's some good options here. Like Houston's like a huge city, one of the biggest cities um, in the country, uh, sprawling, right? It's not so dense. Right. So, um, yeah, there, there could be a lot of, you know, tough decisions that are, are going to have to be made to for the expansion. But that's the exciting part. You know, there's some good options here. And hockey has been part of the fabric of the community uh, for a long time in a lot of these cities. So it will be uh, interesting to see where it shakes out. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have a favorite to, to be honest with you. Atlanta is a really cool town. You know, we played there uh, a bunch, Yeah, um, but you know, and you live there. So the, the community, yeah, it, it, I think if they did it, it, you know, they obviously played, I believe at the old Phillips arena, that was the name yeah. of it. Um, where the Hawks play and it's right. It was, you know, right around the corner from where the Falcons played. So they kind of have everything there and it just didn't, I mean, it was great for me because there was so many hockey people that would be at the rink and, and they'd be like, Hey, plenty of tickets available for the thrashers games. You know what I mean? So I would go a ton, like anytime guys like, and it's a cool rink with the, um, yeah, with, with all the, with the luxury the, boxes on one side. Yes. I was in, I was in a lot of them. I had a, some pretty good hookups there. My buddy Joe Dagno owned a restaurant called Taco Mac and they had a, uh, they had a, you know, the, a box there and it was, it was great. So it'd be interesting to see, or, uh, you know, I wonder if, if similar to the, you know, some of these different markets, if they moved it a little bit towards like the Alpharetta Roswell area, which is about a half hour outside the city where the rink was that, that I worked at, that was kind of, um, you know, where everybody populated, like not a ton of people lived downtown where the arena was. So it made it difficult to go in there, whatever, during weeknight games and things like yeah. that. So it'll be interesting if they do do it, if they would think about keeping the rink downtown or if they're looking to build um, outside it. Obviously, Gwinnett was another area that have had a long, um, you know, nice arena there. I played a bunch of games for the for the Gwinnett Gladiators. I don't know if they're still the name, still, still the same name in the East Coast League, but I used to, uh, you know, jump in the mix while I was working as a uh, as a hockey director when they needed a You're player. Moonlighting. I, I was <laughs> moonlighting, and uh, I would play. I even played for some road teams. It was it was great. People were like, oh, how was you know one of these? I forget. There was a couple other like teams. You look at my hockey DB, and I get like random teams that I play. You know, how did how was Topeka? I'm like, I was never there. They just came. They needed a player. Somebody got called up or hurt, and I just threw on the jersey for the night. So, um, but it was pretty cool how they did it. But, you know, Gwinnett, that was another area. And they seemed to, you know, it's a little bit smaller of a barn, but they did pretty um, pretty well in terms of fans. And, you know, Derek Nisbet, who um, has been, been around, you know, quite a bit, I think he's working or even the head coach in that organization now. So be interesting to see, obviously, you know, I'm talking about Hotlanta just because I have that experience. But, uh, you know, Houston definitely would be a, a cool place. And some of those other cities, I mean, Quebec, obviously, anytime you're in a can- Canadian market, uh, you know, they're going to draw well. And, and you know, it's just figuring out the, I guess, the financials of everything and how to make it work. So 
we'll see. It'll be uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see what that expansion looks like. And the more teams that we can get in, I think the better. Obviously, we don't want to water it down too much, but there's so much talent now, and there's so many the growth of hockey and and all these young kids playing. So letting you know more and more kids play for for longer and more kids have NHL careers, I think is uh, is great. The expansion of things. Yeah, I mean, you look at the youth in the non-traditional hockey markets, and then you're looking at these, you know, I'd say Quebec City is the only real hockey market um, yeah. out of all of them. So, yeah, it's good for the game. Good for the game. Uh, Franklin Sports is the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Check out their line of official NHL street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today. Yeah, I can't wait for you to be rocking the third jerseys. Thanks yeah. to Franklin Sports. So make sure you check them out at franklinsports.com. And hey, we got a mailbag. Uh, episode yeah, let's get into that. Let's get into the mailbag here uh, right off the bat. Nice and quick one here, guys. My son didn't make the brick team and we are devastated. He's a great player on a good AAA team. He does power skating skills, sessions, dry land, shoots at home, watches hockey, loves the game. And yet here we are. What do we go from? Where do we go from here? We all feel quite defeated and embarrassed. Thanks from devastated dad. Oh, baby. Uh, yeah, we've we've talked about this a little bit, but um, hang him yes. up, right? Just yeah. shut it down. Shut no, it it's down. Uh, he's ten. His hockey career is officially over. That definitely, um, you know, in the present time, because you're, you know, it is one of those short-term goals, you know, for a lot of young players and parents. The devastated dad, as well, is kind of <laughs> hitching his, um, you know, wagon to to making this team. But uh, it is so early. It is, di- it is it is disappointing. You know, if you're kind of in the mix and you're a good player and you just not you get passed over, but also you can just use it as motivation with with kind of referenced a lot of players who did not make brick teams and went on to have really, really, you know, long careers, NHL players. Um, so yes, it is a disappointing setback in the short term here, but you have to ha- have the kind of long-term goals still in mind of just continuing to develop, not letting it set you back to the point of, you know, you know, blaming and being resentful and all this stuff. So as far as a parent, I would just encourage your son to keep working, keep doing the things he's doing, power skating skills, dryland, keep doing it, stay motivated because there's a lot of road ahead. Yeah, it's a long road. You hit the nail on the head. Like use it as a motivating tool. Uh, his hockey career is far from over. It's at the end of the day, you're going to look at it and really not think twice about it. It's no big deal. There's a ton of kids that are playing division one college hockey right now that are playing pro hockey that went through the same scenario. So right. don't like, you know, I know it's difficult and it's probably your, your child's first experience for not making a team, but he'll get over it and, you know, take that money that w- you would have spent in Edmonton and come down to wherever, rent a house yeah. down the Cape or something for the week. You'll be, you'll, <laughs> or wherever. I don't even know where these people live. There's obviously a bunch of different brick teams out there, but it's it's not the end of the world. It's a long, long road. These kids haven't even hit puberty yet. So, um, great. But keep up the it. good work. Yeah, you just know? keep. Just make sure that that little Johnny just continues to love the game. Like that's what it's all about. And he's going to get to where he needs to be in the long run. That's what it's all about. Yeah, understanding the disappointment, but encouraging him to keep moving forward. Absolutely. You want to take the all next right. one? That's a good question. 
Yeah, great question. Um, how much should skating slash skills coaches be explaining on the ice versus having the skaters practicing? Lately, I've seen several high-profile skating coaches, even ones for NHL teams, spend 75% or more of an ice time with nine-year-olds just talking and explaining. The kids don't end up skating much at all. Is this normal? Should we find someone else? Thanks. And that's uh, a worried uh, skating skills coach guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that they're nine years old, spending 75% of the time explaining and and talking on the ice is a complete waste of money. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that that kids, they're like little gnats. And, you know, I know even with my kids, I, you know, the team that I coach, they're 12 and 13 years old. You start talking to them at the board or showing them a drill for whatever, two, let's call it five minutes and they, they're lost. So I think uh, it's important to, to, yeah, it's, it's, it's like us, right? I mean, most kids that they they get distracted very easily, and and I think that by doing it and demonstrating things, especially with skills coaches, if that's what you're on the ice for, you show them the drill. You you know you explain the drill. You show them the drill. Uh, you know, show them how it, it you you want it to be done, and then get the kids moving. And and at the end of the day, it's about it's ice time, and that's what you're paying for at this point in time. Like ice time is especially around here is such a premium that if you're spending more than 50% of the time on the ice, you know, shooting the breeze. That's what you, you can do that afterwards. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have experience with it running our D specific, uh, you know, D skills mm-hmm. and, you know, whether we have just you and me, we, no, usually we have three, maybe four people. out. Yep. So we try to have a system in place. You know, we want to be able to explain why you're doing it you know obviously the technique but they have to get their reps and then it comes into correction so if they if you're just talking about it and you you know the kids aren't actually trying to do it and failing a little bit so that you can correct they're not getting anything out of it so i just think you know in this situation yeah i would look to see you know if there's other um options out there you know, more reps, but you need the correction as well. You can't just have someone just, you know, letting them go through line drills without, you know, a a tweak here or there if they're doing it incorrectly because they're just going to, you know, continue to make those bad uh, movements. So it's all about technique and then went correction. So I think that, you know, definitely plays into getting the kids moving and actually like putting eyes on the kids so that you can make those corrections. Right. And sometimes the best skills coaches at the NHL level are going to handle like at the NHL level. Maybe it's, you know, you, you you might talk things through a lot more with those type of players, but not with a nine year old. Like it's too yeah. you, you're dealing with two different, um, you know, much different clientele at that point. So I get it a little bit, you know, as, as if you're talking and talking things through, if you're Adam Oates working with one of his players, right, like that, you know, you, you're talking more. Right. But with a nine year old, it's they, they don't have the attention span or even the, 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 you know, IQ, the hockey intel intellect to even be, you know, like they, they just can't grasp that all. They, they need to see things uh, and be corrected on it. And that's it. Like, that's a great point, Mots, about the correction of things. Yeah. I, that's one of the things that, you know, anyone can learn from, you know, doing. And then being corrected, and that's one of 
you know, that's a, a coach's job, especially when you're building a foundation at nine years old. Yeah. You know, and you, you learn know. from those failures, right? Like you learn from doing the drill and falling yeah, you're down. Feeling like, yeah. Feels, yeah. You know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, getting so, on that outside edge is what we talk about a lot. And mm-hmm. if you see it a lot in younger kids, they're hesitant to get on that. When So when you do see it, you want to encourage it, continue to work on that and continue to trust it. If kids aren't doing it, you really want to get them outside their comfort zone, but you have to see them to be able to, to make that correction. So I would definitely take a peek to see what else is out there. If, uh, you know, you, you want that balance between, you know, getting the reps and uh, the proper instruction in the correction. Absolutely. Uh, you can log on to tsrhockey.com for all your shopping needs. Uh, this mailbag is brought to you by TSR Hockey, which is obviously located up in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire. They have everything. They got CCM and Bauer. They do everything in-house, all their embroidering, their printing. You can uh, you can talk to them at the team store, 603-912-5970. Make sure you ask for Mike or Dave. Um, you're going to look fresh. You're going to look great. Obviously, our guys at TSR, they're big sponsors of the Ring Shrinks. They have been for a long time. Make sure, again, visit TSRHockey.com for all your shopping needs. If you can't get to the store, which is obviously in Salem, New Hampshire. Um, March, you got anything on that? Or should we dive right into the next mailbag question here? All right. Just check out the website. Tons of swag and all the top gear. So check them out at TSRHockey.com. All right. Um, love the pod. Next question here. Love the pod. It looks like my eight-year-old son is moving up to the elite team for his club program next year. They also want him to switch from D to forward. He's planning on playing lacrosse, soccer, and golf in the spring and summer, but we'll mix in a little bit of hockey as well. Do you have any suggestions on what would be most beneficial for someone moving to a tougher competition and switching positions? examples spring league clinics camps video etc thank you and that's from um you know the the curious hockey dad well we'll go with uh you know number one sounds like he's a good athlete to uh be able to you know play a bunch of different sports and to have a player who's playing d and to move to forward uh from the coaching staff to an elite level um you know that shows that you know they they trust that he's going to be able to add value at that position. So I don't, I don't think he should overthink it. It's just a more. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, getting on the ice and working on the skills a little bit differently. I mean, we do the D skills, you know, a lot of the, the skill work out there, these camps and clinics do a lot of just like basic, you know, fundamental skills. So you, know, you just hop in there. But the mindset is a little different, you know, when you go from D to forward. We talked about it in the open with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, those are the things that, you know, if this, you know, it's eight years old, it's, it's you know, young to, to really grasp this stuff. But, you know, working to get into position, you know, creating an easier passing lane, you know, those are the things that you can start with, like just mentally, you know, working to get open and, 
you know, you're going to, you're going to have your learning curve and your bumps along the way because it is a different position, but because the game's all around you, you don't have it in front of you, but there's going to be times where, you know, it's easier as well, um, you know, playing that position. So I would say, you know, some, not so much leagues, maybe get, yeah, we talk about a tournament here and there to just have them play forward and, and, and be comfortable with that transition. You know, the, the camps and clinics will, will work on the skills. Um, and then, you know, just being a, a, a student of the game, watching forwards now, you know, right. watching forwards and how they create, you know, it's not always about the toe drag. It's curling back, trying to make a pass when you have to. Um, it's just uh, going to be a little bit of an adjustment, but I think making you know, a pressure play on the wall. Yeah. And, you know, like if it's that competition is a lot faster and a little bit more, you know, difficult to get up to speed right away, just keeping it simple will be a lot more valuable than trying to do too much. Right. You know, just until you get your feet wet, learning the, the new position and also the speed of the game. Yeah. I think staying on the ice a little bit's important. Obviously, if you want to have some fun playing a spring league or something, like have at it. Um, and then in the summer, if you can if you can get on the ice a little bit just to keep your your kind of legs under you and work on your skills and your hands, like, you know, some clinics, some camps, whatever it is, maybe a tournament here or there, like you don't have to overkill it and you don't have to to read too much into it. They're going to, um, you know, he's going to get better and better as the season goes on. But I think, like you said, Mots, you, you kind of hit it too. Just watch the game a little bit different. Like turn on a, an NHL game and say, all right, next year, instead of watching McAvoy, right, you're going to be watching Brad Marchand or Pasternak or, or Charlie Coyle, whoever it may be, right? Just in be more of a student of the game. Like you don't have to go too crazy with anything, but just watch things from a little bit different perspective and talk to your son or daughter about it, I think is, is really important. Yeah. And the other thing is also this always helped, helped me as a coach and as a player, if I played different positions, what was difficult to defend, you know, Mm -hmm. when you were playing D when the forward did a, a, a certain, you know, maneuver or like drove me wide with speed or, what it, what was difficult for me to to kind of play against, and then you want to try to you know do that on the flip side offensively. So that, that's another kind of area where you can kind of focus on as a parent to talk to your your son or daughter about. And um, yeah, I mean that's that's just what I did. Uh, yeah, so you just try to do the you know the opposite of what you know, you were trying to make them do. You know, skate into the corner. Go ahead. Yeah. Know? Exactly. Exactly. Lower that shoulder and get to the net. Yeah, take it to the hoop. Take it to the heezy. Uh, You get the next one. All right. I wanted to seek your advice on a delicate matter involving a youth hockey coach. Here's the situation. We have a coach in our organization who appears to have disengaged from the hockey season, despite being a paid coaching position. They are not holding players accountable during practices and games. Additionally, they seem to only play quote-unquote, their kids, regardless of their behavior or effort on the ice, which has created a sense of unfairness among the team. Furthermore, the coach claims to have an open-door policy for athletes to approach them with questions or concerns. However, many players now fear doing so because they've noticed that questioning anything results in being benched or for extended periods in the next game. This punitive approach is discouraging players from seeking guidance or clarification. There have also been instances where the coach has made personal attacks on players they don't like, creating a toxic environment within the team. 
This has led to several players expressing their intention not to return next year if the coach continues in their role. Given the fantastic organization we're a part of, I'm seeking guidance on how to address this issue uh, appropriately. It's important to ensure the well-being of the athletes and the integrity of the organization. Any advice or insights you can provide would be greatly appreciated. I mean, I know personally as a former hockey director for for a number of years that if this was going on with one of my teams, I would want to know about it. Um, right. The organization needs to know about it. And if a bunch of people are going to leave, then that's a major issue, right? That's the organization is going to, they, they need to make a decision here and either stick with the coach or get rid of the coach, right? Or, or at the very least, like address things. So you said it's a great organization. I think I, I wouldn't have any problem uh, with you coming to the to to me as the hockey director and saying, hey, you know, and, and maybe it's not just you as a parent, maybe it's a couple of you, right? Like just to show a little bit of a united front. Here's, here's what's going on. Um, this is the situation that we're up against. We don't want to leave the organization. We love it here. But if this continues, you're going to end up losing multiple kids. So yeah, it sounds like the coaches are definitely kind of checked out in this scenario. Obviously, there's, there's two sides to every story. But uh, you know, from what we're getting here as from an organizational perspective, from a hockey director, I would 100% want to know about it and address it by making a coaching change or, or at the very least getting kind of the, the, the big picture, right? In, in no way I would just fire a coach immediately. I would call him in. I would have a conversation with him. If it's a couple coach, you know, if the head in and the assistants are all in the same boat, then I would make my phone calls and kind of see how things uh, shake out and then make my decision. So I think you absolutely have to address it with them. It seems, I mean, a paid coaching position, there is a little bit more responsibility on, you mm-hmm. know, doing your job um, you, if you're getting paid for it. And it, it yeah. seems as though it's not a parent coach. So, but like quotations, their kids, it's, you know, unfair at times, but the, the truth is, you know, coaches will favor certain players more than others, but to have no, really um accountability on behavior or effort i think that's that's a big issue for me right so you don't have to really get into you know certain things and then and plus the personal attacks like that's just unacceptable i don't i mean that just seems like that the guy is is not you know equipped to handle the he doesn't want to be there number one or is equipped to um, coach this age group. And I don't really even know. We don't know what age group. Yeah. That's that's the hard part too, because we don't know if they're eight or 15 or 16. Right. Right. But that's, I, I, I would agree with you to, you have to address it. You don't have to, you know, rock the boat so much, but I think this is information that the director needs to know because you do appreciate the integrity of the organization. So, that being said, you want to keep the integrity of the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this guy is going against what, you know, maybe they stand for and not having that information, they can't make informed decisions. It's not like you're ratting them out or anything. You're just giving them the facts of what you see. So, um, and plus that open door policy, you know, it's easy to say, but and <laughs> to, to use it against a, a player for, you know, voicing what they feel it's it's just not not correct either so there's a lot going against this guy and i i think that uh needs to be kind of brought to the uh, attention of the uh program director so that something can be done so that 
um, you know, the kids can have an enjoyable, um, successful experience, you know, and mm-hmm. if he's, if he's the reason why they're not, then he needs to go. Right. Uh, I'll tell you who does have an open door policy. The colony. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, one of the hardest things about traveling to hockey tournaments is deciding where to eat, but it's really a no brainer, right? Colony grill. It's home of the famous hot oil pizza and one of a kind razor thin crust. It's comfortable, it's friendly, it's run by hockey people, and there's always a game on, right? If you're heading down I-95 in the Connecticut, Westchester area, or if you're in Maryland, Virginia, or Florida, there's probably a Colony Grill close by you. Bring the team in, order it to the hotel, uh, pick up a steaming hot pie on the way to the rink, whatever it takes, right? You'll agree that Colony Grill lives up to that hot oil hype. Uh, to find the nearest location near a rink near you, head to colonygrill.com today. Yeah, I, you know, I, I said this last week. It's like I, I really need to, uh, you know, get down there and and take this all in. I've, I've heard, you know, you talk about it. Like it makes my mouth water. I'm looking for a good slice of pizza, a good pizza. <laughs> so I'm going to have to make a trip, Colony Grill. You know, the colonygrill.com, if you're traveling for a hockey tournament, make sure you check them out because I can't wait to, you know, have personal experience and right. get get that in my belly. In my yeah. belly. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you, you'd you you'd be in heaven. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> you would really, really be in heaven. Uh, all right. See what all the hot oil hype is about. Exactly. You know, I, that It lives up to the hot oil hype. Trust me. Trust well, me. You know, you can't teach experience, and I haven't experienced one, so I, I got to kind of get through. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, all right. Next one here, high school special treatment, how to react. Ooh. Uh, my son is a sophomore goalie and one of our four goalies on a below-average high school hockey team. The coach has a known prior relationship with the freshman goalie that has created locker room issues and frustration with apparent special treatment. Considering the poor record and low expectation, the question on who deserves more playing time over who isn't really why. Uh, oh, okay, okay, sorry. Uh, the question on who deserves more playing time over who isn't really why I'm writing. Sorry, that's a tongue twister for me for whatever reason. In past years, the underclassmen usually get last choice and leftover jerseys. This season, the coach has treated an odd situation where both before games or even in the middle of games, taking jerseys off other goalies on the team. So when the freshman plays, he gets to wear the number he wants. How does BY and Mike feel about this? Is this a non-issue in reality? Should the coach be confronted or is this just a silly gripe and shouldn't be an issue? Thanks. Wow. I I, I think that's a, uh, you know, as far as goalies, there's only one net, right? So, you know, they have four on... Uh, a team with, you know, everyone vying for that net. Uh, you have to have fair and open competition if there's not one, say, starter or one goalie that is, you know, head and shoulders above. Uh, right. And, and continue, you know, helping the other ones develop and continue to keep them in the loop. Um, but that's absolutely ridiculous, taking shirts <laughs> off. I can't. I mean, that was... <laughs> There's no, there's no place for kids. Imagine like, do they have four goalies on the bench? I don't know, but like that is ridiculous. Imagine being the kid that has to take the jersey off. 
just put, put yourself in that kid's situation or that kid's skates. And I mean, you feel, you know, bad enough not playing. Oh, actually, uh, this kid wants your jersey too. Come on. Yeah. Like he's going to have his number. Yeah. Enough's enough with that coach. And it's not a silly, I mean, it is an issue in reality because that is not reality. The coach yeah, is not. He, that's yeah, insane. He, and and confronted might be like a strong term. I think it should be brought to, to his attention, being you know, especially if you know you have a relationship with a goalie, or maybe it's I mean the the one that has 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 to take his jersey off, or if it's your son, that's when you can just be like, hey, dude. I mean, like, I I'm I'm kind of overstepping here. I know to talk to the high school coach, but you know, let's just put this in perspective here. You know, you're making these kids feel less than. When they have to take their jersey off. How about it's a high school hockey program? Just buy enough jerseys. Yeah. Right. Wow. Like just get enough jerseys and everybody you got four goalies, you get four goalie jerseys. Like in, you know, if you're number one, you're number thirty, you're number thirty-five, and then whatever, whatever the next number is. Like that's that's your four goalie numbers. It is what it yeah. is. I, yeah, I, I think it should be addressed, though. I mean, yeah, oh, no, no, one hundred percent has to be addressed. But just get enough jerseys, and then <laughs> what this makes me think of was when my brother was a freshman at Milton High School. Danny Shea was his coach, and we've talked about Danny Shea, his son Ryan, obviously playing in Pittsburgh, and he's you know Danny was a great player at, at Boston College back in the day, but his skate broke in the middle of his game and he made one of like the seventh or eighth defenseman take off his skates and give it to my brother in the middle of the game. <laughs> and Keith's like, no coach, like I'm not taking, he's like, no, you're taking it. Like some senior skates more or less, right. As the little puke freshman. And he's like, yo, Stevie, get your skates off. Give him a yans <laughs> made him do it, which, that's just it just popped into my head, which that's oh. completely ridiculous anyways. Um but. well another story along those lines was uh one of uh a kid that I coach, one of Ryan's good friends, Jackson Ridden. He's at BC now as a civilian, you know, student and okay. uh helps out um with the hockey uh as a civilian uh, student. Yeah. Just a regular student, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> so he uh you know, God damn civilian at, students. <laughs> he was at there and uh one of the seniors, you know, didn't have his skates in his bag and he volunteered to take, you know, his skates uh off and give them. So that's like a character type move, but yeah, that's a think, great civilian civilian move. Yeah. No, great, great kid, great family. But it just that's shows just being you, a team guy. It it really, it really is. And uh he's always been a team guy and Good athlete, great student, really good, good thing he takes after mom, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's wild. Like you can't take somebody's shirt off. No, oh, yeah. Disagree yeah. on that. And it I wouldn't say confront, but like absolutely have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you want to take MCN here? Yeah. So hockey parents, are you tired of going to the same tournaments or are you just looking for an event that is truly unforgettable? If so, then listen up. Since 2018, MCN Sports Management has become a world leader in international hockey tournaments and tours. With tournaments in four different locations across Europe, there's something for all ages, whether it is individuals looking to join a team or full organizations looking to travel together. We have the perfect trip for you. 
MCN is in full swing preparing for their 2024 overseas events. They currently have openings for players and teams from U11 through U17, boys and girls divisions, to compete in some of the most prestigious events in Europe, such as the Nord Cup, the Lions Cup, and the Bauer World Cup. Don't miss out on these unforgettable hockey tournaments and trips that you and your family will never forget. Visit them at mcnsm.com to learn more about each of their tournaments and how to join. That's mcnsm.com. And make sure you tell them the Rank Shrink sent you. Uh, obviously, those type of experiences. Uh, getting to go to Europe is just so unique and cool. I've talked about going to Germany in the past when I was a kid, and it, it really is a lifetime memory. So uh, make sure you check out mcnsm.com and make sure you let them know that the ring shrink sent you. All right. Been coaching my son's house league in South Carolina. He watches hockey with me and has a bit of a temper when the puck is taken and likes to throw the body on kids leading to me, pulling him aside to explain he can't do that. Since the house league is for these kids to learn how to play the game, what's the best way to discipline on the ice and still be able to coach the other kids without interrupting the flow of the game? It's a a good question because I, I lived it with uh, my son um, in some spaces. Um, So yeah, you just have to be firm. You have to be the coach. So if someone just think about, put yourself in the position where if someone else was doing it, how would you react? I know it's your son and it's different because, you know, your, you know, his father just, and and like you, you want to discipline how you would and you expect him to maybe be, you know, a little bit more, uh, attentive to to the instruction of not checking and being a hothead or whatever, but that's your kid, right? That's who he is, and you have to be able to discipline just like you would everyone else, and not over the top either. You know that that's that can go the other way, right? Yeah. So, you know, you see some uh, parent coaches really taking it out on their kids versus just trying to be the adult, kind of separate and have like an objective viewpoint of it even though it is very emotional because it is your kid. Um, yeah. You know, and the reaction w- wouldn't be the same. So, you know, if it was someone else, because they would, might listen to you a little bit more, if that's the case, you know, again, you can only control your reaction to that. So you don't want to feed into it. And that's the one thing that I would just recommend um, to keep the flow of the play going. You know, you just like you would anyone else, just grab and pull them aside. You know, if they, if he has to sit, for a little bit because he's he's not listening, then that's what you have to do. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you're not getting through to him, you you basically just tell him, hey, if you continue to get these kind of stupid penalties, then like you're just going to sh- sit a shift. And it's the same type of rules as as any other kid on the team, right? If it becomes a habit where you're just taking selfish penalties because you're getting the puck taken from you or, you know, whatever it is, like you just have to, all right, you're going to sit down a shift, right? And maybe it's a, a shift, maybe it's two, maybe it's a period, right? Like sometimes kids, they respond to that and it might not be always perfect, right? And it's difficult to coach a child. Uh, we all know that and we've talked about that quite a bit on the show. But, um, you know, sometimes you just have to take away ice time. Like nobody likes to do it. But if it was another kid who, you know, and it wasn't your son, I would hope that their parents would agree with you too, that like, Hey, if he continues to take selfish type penalties and, and throwing the body around just because the, the puck got taken from you, then, Hey, uh, you know, you're going to take 
ice time away from so they learn a lesson right like you, I, that that's how i look at it not really just consequences to the actions and if you're you know if he's constantly doing the wrong thing you know again like try to put yourself in a spot where you're coaching someone you know some other kid and yeah. you know how how would you react and take the emotion out of it enough because it's your own kid because i i lived it myself and you know i would yeah. maybe grab him a little harder than i would some other kid yeah. <laughs> you know just you know, you're going to sit down right next to me because of that stupid penalty. Because he actually did a lot of the same stuff that this uh, this player, you know, the South Carolina down in South Carolina, you know, just just like getting frustrated or what whatnot. So you have to be able to control yourself as a coach, parent, and you know, just try to lead uh, by example for when someone else does it. You know, you expect uh, they expect to to be disciplined the same way. And the only good thing about coaching your kid is you can actually have those conversations in the car, right? And you can, or at the home when things are a little bit cooler and just like, mm-hmm. listen, if you're going to continue to act like this, if you're going to take, you know, you're a competitive kid, but if the puck gets taken from you or somebody hits you, you can't retaliate. Like you, this is how you're going to learn. I'm going to have to take some ice time away from you. You're going to sit a shift. You're going to sit two shifts um well the other thing is it's it is kind of you don't want to like pull that drive away either you know he's he, you're not supposed the competitiveness, to right yeah right you know like you want to just so that you can flip it to like all right just you don't lay the body but do whatever it takes to get the puck back if you lose it mm-hmm. so you can kind of, kind of like that coaching part of it can can also you know i know we're react we're, we're talking about his reaction and if he does you know, get the, uh, you know, penalties or if, if he's just, you know, jeopardizing someone's safety because you're not supposed to check, then you have to deal with that. But, you know, encourage the, the drive in, and kind of like the competitiveness, like you said. Absolutely. Um, Mots, one of the first things that's going to get loaded into the car when we were uh, heading up to Quebec on Wednesday is the Sparks machine, right? Because it's the at home or on the road skate shopping machine that will never fail. Make sure you head over to sparkshockey.com. Use BY Mots for $50 off. Again, I'm heading up to Quebec this week. The first thing that I'm doing is putting that Sparks machine in the car. I'm going to send some videos, make sure that everybody knows. Because again, I want my kids playing their fastest, having the best edges while they're up there. And, you know, it'd be really selfish of me to not throw the Sparks machine in the car. So that's going to be number one. That's going to go up there before I, you know, pack my long johns and winter gloves, hats, all that type of stuff, right? The Sparks machine is going to be number one. So, again, SparksHockey.com to order your machine. Use that $50 off coupon code BYMOTS. Really important, right? You'll love it if you get it. And like I said last week, it's going to win you some games. Yes, Exactly. It's gonna win you, yeah. Like you might have to, uh, you know, tip your cap, you know, in the in the uh, the post game championship speech, you know, at the podium, you know, thanks to Sparks for making sure the boys' skates are nice and sharp and in game. I think there's gonna be something going on, and I, I can't wait to hear from it. So make sure you check out SparksHockey.com. We love our machine, and you will too. Absolutely. Um, Mots, now it's time for the My Hockey Rankings question of the week. We got a little bit. The Super Bowl is coming up here. So I think this is like just a relevant question for the Super Bowl, but also for hockey players, right? What's your favorite Gatorade color? And to add to it, what will be dumped? What type of what color Gatorade or flavor Gatorade will be dumped on the winning coach's head, right? Obviously, I know that's a big prop bet. 
Um, so here's our advice from the rink shrinks for our myhockeyrankings.com question of the week. What are you thinking? What's your favorite? You uh, have one? I I I like orange and do the, you? Yeah, I like orange and uh the lemon lime there, like the you know, like the old school when it's cold and like you're so thirsty. Out of a can. Either one of those is remember uh, the remember the yeah. lemon lime the lemon lime if it's frosty. Out of the can yeah. is like legit heaven. Yeah, so that's I would say those two. I mean, actually, a, any of them. I don't really like the new, you know, like the kiwi strawberry or whatever it is. Yeah, um, yeah. it's a little not much of a kiwi guy. No, this stretch in there, but I think the basic <laughs> lime or lemon lime or lemon, whatever it is. Yeah, the, that's shocking that you would say something like that. <laughs> and then orange, you know. So it is interesting because I'll go in and I'll buy. Um, actually I had a blue one the other day. I was going to uh, say that yeah. they didn't have, they didn't have uh, lemon lime or, or orange, or I would have went with one of those. Yeah. Cause those went out in like this, the late eighties and early nineties. Yeah. like, you oh, got to step up your flavor game. Yeah. I have, I have something to, I mean, the CEO pulled up this old, uh, you know, uh, Shutterfly, it's, you know, like it stores all your pictures from way back in the day. Oh, okay. Yeah. And like, we're just sitting there looking at a couple. And I'm like, oh my God, look at those nasty, like jean, like bell bottom almost. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they were like the boot cut, like with some dress shoes. I thought I was looking sharp back in the day. No, you so, definitely were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That right. was the style. I mean, dude. Beeb has got a mushroom jacket that's like <laughs> enormous on. Like those bell bottoms have got to be coming back. Oh, uh, I don't know. I I just I was looking. You know, with I, I'm a tucker. You know, like I was I was oh, tucked yeah. in. Yeah. And Ryan with was your, you know with your Doc Martins. <laughs> I those have my, made a comeback. At least with I, not, females. Everything's everything's cyclical. So I don't think the I'll be going with the bell bottom or boot cut. I should say. Mm. Um, but. Ryan did mention like it was a tough look. He's like, man, like I go just the the tucked in t shirt into the the khaki shorts. He's like, no, just like everything. I mean, <laughs> terrible sunglasses, like you know, uh, pleated dockers. Yeah, he's With like, you, get, you know, it was like a hockey type t shirt too. Probably it was. It was Minnesota Gophers. You want to go with your gloves glued on? What were those <laughs> yeah. things like? uh <laughs> those have things? Fish, hooks for, fish hooks for fingers yeah oh, yeah God. ryan had one one shirt that was awesome it was uh a bunch of hockey players it was like on the front of the t-shirt hockey players on the bench and then there was a a cow and it was in quotations he's up from the farm <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great uh yeah. this uh, went off the rails in terms of gatorade color <laughs> I know, um, I know, because you brought up like, you know, back in the day. Yeah, uh, you just being a terrible. throwback. I'm sipping on an orange Gatorade right now, and I th I swear it's because it's no one else drinks it. Nobody else in the house drinks it, so I get stuck drinking it. But I think if I was gonna go with the, you know, number one, it would be the f the frost, which is like the blue. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, and then. In terms of color being dumped on the the Super Bowl winning coach, I think I'm going to go with the with the like a, a light blue flavor. I was going to say blue as well. Okay, 
I mean, I can change it up. Yeah, maybe you should. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. If I'm I go said yellow blue. lime, lime, okay. whatever, lemon. Yeah, the original. Um, yeah, yeah one of the that. old school flavors. Yeah. yeah, so that's always interesting. That's a good little prop bet to throw in there if you're uh, if you're into that type of stuff with your bet online. You can, I'm sure, find it on on bet, at bet online. So that's a uh, it'd be a fun little thing to to gamble on. But we just do it between you and I, obviously. Yeah, um, gentlemen. That's- Oh. Gentlemen, bet yeah. We usually pay in push-ups, which we never end up <laughs> no, doing. Do it. <laughs> hey, so one one more thing was you know regarding the Super Bowl because you're going to be north of the border in in Canada watching. Mm-hmm. Um, when the Patriots won in 2001, I was traveling in Canada. Um, watched it at a hotel bar um, in Toronto, and. Did not get any uh, American commercials, so I I need you to no yeah. So they they superimpose like Canadian tire on the uh, on the field during the commercials and stuff. It was unbelievable. Really? So, yeah. So just keep us updated on that. And, yeah, I mean that was twenty three years ago. I know. Uh, <laughs> it felt like yesterday. <laughs> so I'm um, I'm hoping there's a little bit more streaming qualities up there and, and we get a little something i know we already have a, a a little something planned for that sunday night which will be exciting times so but i'll definitely let you know if they get you know yeah canadian tire and boston pizza and uh yeah. any of these other canadian type of you know, hortons Horton. yeah timmy hortons instead of duncan's is there uh usually what are the big like pepsi Sobeys. Yeah, I was going to say, but like who usually does the big commercials, right? So like State Farm. Yeah. There's this some Canadian company up there that's that's selling their whatever insurance. Yeah. Their insurance here. yeah. No, it'll, it'll be interesting. I'll let you know. That's a good that's yeah. a good one. I'm glad yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Keep See how times have changed. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure you're wearing those same bell bottoms too. <laughs> uh which were a sick look back then when you were sitting in the in, in the hotel bar. What do you think? Um, if I'm gonna I'm gonna tag on to this my hockey rankings question of the week, who's the winner? I mean, Kansas City has been there. They they're tough. Um, I do like San Fran. Um, McCaffrey's he's a guy that uh, McCaffrey. Yeah, he's he's a rootable guy. Um, yeah, he, gonna, he's awesome. I'm gonna go with uh, the 49ers because I, wow. I yeah I don't really want to see Kelsey uh, propose to Taylor Swift after, uh, afterwards. Really, you're not into the whole T T Swizzle thing. I, I like T Swizzle's music. It's just getting a little much. Yeah. All right. Well, bring on the marriage. Bring on the, the the Super Bowl. Let's go. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with KC. If you went 49ers, we got to go against each other. All um, right. So we got we got a lot going on here. Yeah, we got a lot of different action going. Um, the one thing I wanted to. Okay. Yeah, you got yeah. something else on this because I got I got something different. No, no. I was just gonna say. So you're you're okay with uh, the overkill of uh, say. You know the the relationship, or even you know Kelsey in particular, in every single commercial. I think the NFL's fixed, and this has been such a big thing that this the NFL is going to do whatever it takes to get 
Kansas them City. on Kansas City to to win and get uh you know them doing whether he, if he proposes he proposes if not it's going to be more eyeball you know if he doesn't propose I guess it's going to be a little bit that's got to be probably a prop bet too like if they win does he propose um but yeah this either way it's going to be a, a in the social media world, it's going to be talked about quite a bit. I mean, even us two idiots are talking about it. So, came out with a new album, you know, and oh, new was, record. Yeah, she's going to be scratching a new record. Oh wow! I didn't. I thought she only made records about like people she broke up with. I figured that would be after. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we, we can put a little plug on this conversation. You know. <laughs> Um, I wanted to touch on one last thing before we, we went, uh, and this is pretty local, but I'm uh, and I'm not sure if you have much information on it. But one of the big news around here uh, locally was at the uh, Dexter Southfield Academy, which is obviously a big prep school program around here. They made an announcement this uh, this past weekend that they're going to be going to more of an academy based type of format uh, at the U13, U14, U16. And then, you know, call it U18 or prep level. Uh, I haven't got all the information. I did watch, you know, a couple videos and talk to some people. But what are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, being obviously you're involved in the prep school world and people that don't live around here or maybe have no idea anything about uh, New England prep schools. But there's obviously a traditional day schools, which that's what Dexter is. Um, obviously been a very good hockey program for, I would say, the last, what, 15 years or so like they've been yep. yeah for for a while which uh, you know obviously a very relevant program around here uh but it is a day school uh most of these academies we're seeing housing become a, a you know a, a part of so this one's a little bit non-traditional where they're talking about starting even at the younger age groups obviously um you know at the u13 level and then up to, you know, most of the, the academies around here, at least they're starting, you know, and even like a Shattuck St. Mary's right out in, in Minnesota, they start at the U14 level. So uh, any thoughts on that? I think they had to make a decision whether mm -hmm. go for it or not, because they were kind of tinkering back and forth in, you well, know, they tried to do it from what I from what I heard a, f a handful of years ago, or at least talked about it then. Did you hear yeah. that too? Well, I would just say like their approach has been similar to that, you know, and they've, mm -hmm. they've kicked the idea around. But like to be in between a little bit is is not beneficial for the kids that are going there. But they do have a very good school. So like the brick and mortar portion of the school would be, you know, you know, satisfied with getting a good education. But also having that academy um, kind of model implemented on that athletic side really makes it clear cut for prospective uh, student athletes. Mm -hmm. And yep. I think that clarity will be much more, um, you know, you just go with it, right. You, you just gotta, you gotta kind of put two feet in. And I think that, I mean, in the area, you know, like you said, the day school situation, you can only really attract certain, you know, people around, you know, driving distance, but mm -hmm. also I think that having that infrastructure of the school and like the success that the hockey program has had over the, you know, last decade plus, 
will just lend itself to, all right, my son, daughter is a very uh, dedicated hockey player, and we're looking at the academy. Now it's going to be an option. Um, right. You know, to, to have something established already instead of just a, an academy just popping up and not, um, you know, having any track record of success behind it. So I think, I think they will have success and I'm glad that they've made a decision to mm-hmm. move forward with it one way or another. Right. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. Obviously early on, it's, I, I think at the younger age groups, it's, I'm interested to see how that all works out just because it's it, different. Um, I can see, I think ideally, like, and I've talked to just different people about it before, but I think ideally with these academy type formats is, you know, at the, at the 16, 18s, and then maybe like an elite, you know, call it your top team, your prep team, right? So you have, you still have three teams at U16, U18, and then the top team is that so-called prep team uh, that whatever is, is like your number one type team. So uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's, you know, I, I know it's been talked about before. There's some other programs that have talked about it, but um It'd be interesting to see it. It really just got announced over the weekend or I think like on, on Thursday or Friday from on last week. And uh, obviously they have a really good tradition of other sports being really good too. Right. Like it's not like it's just a hockey school, right? It's a great school, great academics. They have a good uh, girls program as well. They have great football, basketball, baseball teams are really good too. So it's a, it's not just like a strict, you know, you look at some of these, um, other programs that are really just like, that's it. It's just hockey, right? Where this is more of like a prep school that has a lot of other good sports with kids that go there for, for, you know, different reasons. Right. I mean, I watched the football team play. They're unbelievable, like really good in the past few years, right? The baseball team's really good. Basketball program is really good. So, uh, it, it, it interesting to see. Yeah. It's not going to be, I mean, as far as the model, I mean, I don't know what other sports, if it goes that way. I mean, yeah, sure, I don't know. You yeah. know, so ho- hockey centric for what we know right now is going to be kind of labeled as the academy and they'll be constructed that way with the different age groups and the top team. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's been success. You know, you look at, you know, Shattuck St. Mary and, you know, that's been one of the kind of premier academies back, you know, going back a number of years, like, 20 plus years. So they have mm-hmm. the, the, the boarding. So it'll just be an interesting dynamic to see, you know, maybe they, you know, look to, you know, provide housing. Who knows? I mean, yeah, we'll, that's, we'll have to uh, wait and see, but yeah, I think it's, it's good that they made the decision. And, you know, again, Danny Donato has done a good job over there with hockey and baseball. He's, you know, coaching both. So, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll have to see how it all plays out in the, the local market here. Yeah, no, it'd be fun to kind of keep some tabs on and see how things are going for for sure. Um, all right, Mott's great episode. Obviously, looking forward to everything. I'll be you know coming live from Quebec during our next episode, so I'll make sure to keep you guys posted on everything. Uh, fun little catch up. Thanks to everybody that submitted. Uh, you know, mailbag questions. Had those were fantastic and uh, always fun to to hear from you fans. Right, so uh, good stuff. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for listening. And once again, just a reminder: this show was presented by Bet Online, and it is time to cue the Rink Shrinks Shuffle jersey. Oh, 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 oh